1: We're getting you ready for the game on The Build-Up with news from around the league, interviews, highlights, and more. Here's your host, Ted Ramey. All right, good afternoon, everybody, and welcome as we get ready for tonight's game against Buffalo back at the Tank. And now we're home tonight, Monday, Thursday, a week from tonight, next Tuesday, and that gets us into the month of March. And we're home on Thursday the 2nd and Saturday the 4th. Against Washington before they go out on the road for three against Winnipeg, Colorado, and St. Louis before being home again. But we get a nice stretch of home games, which God, I need. Watching these games not in person. I listen. I, I love our broadcasts. Don't get me wrong. I'll listen to Dan, watch Randy. Do uh, you know? I'll, I'll take it. But being there, especially being able to feel the vibe in the building, which even in the midst of a down year is still very, very good. That's uh, that's the way for me. SAP Center is one of my two happy places on the planet, the other one being uh, PayPal Park, and I should say non-family-related happy places, honey. But yeah, even in a bad year, still always a great time out at the Tank, and uh, as always, if you see me, say hello, and some of you have, which is awesome. I've been able to meet some of you over the last couple years, which is always cool, but uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to being back again at the Tank tonight, because it was like we were home after being gone forever, and then back out on the road before being home now, like all right, I'll take it. I'll, I get it. I get it. A couple of things. Kakanin is in net tonight. Reimer might be able to back up. That is not yet, yet known for sure. Uh, Harrington is in for Chichek. Sturm is going to be trying to take faceoffs. And if he can't, Benino will be in on his line to take those. That's Persheng Peng, who was able to uh, talk with head coach David Quinn this morning at morning skate. But we are now going to bring in Shalena Goldman, who covers the Sharks for NHL.com. Shalena, what's going on? Was it it nice for you to finally get back to uh, seeing a game in person as opposed to just watching them all on TV for what was almost a month?
0: It was crazy. It almost felt like it was a whole new season. (laughs) Almost completely different season, except for the fact that the Sharks are still kind of doing the same things that they were doing when they played back in January. But yeah, it was crazy to have them gone for that long.
1: Do you have any points of reference in your life of, you know, watching sports as a fan and then becoming a media professional to compare of like how many just gut-wrenching losses the Sharks have experienced this year? Like, I know that the the Giants fans will talk about a lot of, um, you know, 20, 2009 and 2010 and 2011 having a lot. Those are the classic torture years but I feel like that torture also involved a lot of wins for them like I can think of that rock, walk-off home run they gave up against the Rockies the classic oh. um, Kuiper Collier goes. Oh. not good news folks but I just feel like I have no point of reference for
0: this do you I, I just I just totally got PTSD from you saying that oh my gosh I can remember <laughs> where I was watching that game um, no, the the Torture Year Giants, again, you know, oh no, I mean oh, oh, 09, they were still bad. The thing about twenty ten was that they, you know, they got into the playoffs in like the last game of the season. It was them and the Padres. And but they were still on that cusp, and that was such a scrappy team. And they were like, oh, like this team's going somewhere. Um they were they were giant, they were, you know, the early aughts, those Giants teams kind of at the end of Bonds' career. Um, that were just so so bad, yeah. And there's this no hope. Uh, the Warriors were the same way because the Warriors were horrible when I was growing up. Like, <laughs> and, and you, I mean, and you, you, like, you, re, like, you re, re, like, you, remember those old Warriors? Oh, like yeah. They were just so bad. Um, but this Sharks team is just so weird because they have so many parts that are really good. And you know, when you take certain, you know, you take one player side, you look and this player has so much upside that. This is the team when you put them all together. They just shoot themselves in their foot game after game after game. And these last two games, I thought they looked really good against Pittsburgh, and they just couldn't get you know the puck in the back of the net. Um, I thought they looked really good against Vegas, and Vegas is a tough team. That is a tough team, and you know they held you know they held Vegas off. But you know, and I I also thought that Capo Cattman that was one of the best games I've seen him play all season, but giving up that go-ahead goal with less than a minute to play. And they've done that over and over and over again. I don't know if I've ever seen a team do it with the regularity that their Sharks team has been doing it.
1: Yeah. And it's just, it's, it's been like, it's been, I know it's been two times where it's been the game winning goal. They've given up with less than a minute, but you know, like the other times they've given up the game tying goal that sends it to overtime where they yeah. really lose. I mean, that's just the other part of it. And that's, I do wonder you know, like say a lot of this team is still together next year. And we don't know that it will be because we both see tons of different rumors every day, but there's gotta be some sort of like a regression to the mean where the breaks would go their way as a con as opposed to constantly going against them.
0: Right. You would think so. You really would. And it's just, and you could feel the frustration. This is a group of guys, you know, they, they do enjoy playing together. They, you know, they like the group that they have, um, David Quinn likes the group that he's coaching and it's just, we see him come out to have to talk to us after losses and he's just so frustrated and that frustration is palpable. Yeah. And I get it, but yeah, like you just said, you would think that at some point it would finally break in their direction and it's just not, it's just bizarre.
1: It is. Um, you brought up the play of Capo and He's been phenomenal since he came back from the All-Star break. He had a a good start against Pittsburgh before the break and it was like, "Okay, that's good to see." And then he kept up with it before he took that upper body injury that knocked him out for four periods, but then he came back and looked like the same guy, which by the way, um I feel like we're all overlooking how good Aaron Dell was in his one performance, but we'll we'll talk Capo first just because, you know, we've all been wondering what Capo's going to turn into because they traded to get him and he's been inconsistent this year. But then, you know, he gets this opportunity before the break with Reimer, you know, go, you know, being sick for the last couple of games, and then he's really kind of run with it. I mean, were you expecting him to turn
0: it up this much? I was really – I was hoping that he would. I remember when they traded for him last season, and there was so much upside, and the defense just wasn't playing well in front of him. And you really felt for the guy, and even the defense was saying after games, like, we're not helping this guy get wins. And then coming into this year, and you could tell that he was frustrated, but it took him a really long time to find his game. And with Reimer being as solid as he was, you know, he wasn't getting the start. So to see him crank it up so much so quickly, it's fantastic to see. It's really, really nice to see. And when you're when as we're getting closer to the trade deadline, you're looking at, you know, who your goalie for the future is, they do mm-hmm. now have to consider like, hey, like, hey, he's turned it up. This could be the guy
1: yeah it it would be nice if he can continue to put forth good performances. and I haven't um heard anything yet about what the uh, the plan will be for tonight. I wouldn't hate to see Reimer, but at the same time, it's like if you're riding um the hot hand and actually, I take that back. I just looked at Twitter and it looks like Capo uh, is going to be Ka- starting yeah tonight. he's
0: yeah he's yeah he's going in tonight. so okay. um which um which I think is which I think is the right call because he's he he looks so good against Vegas um but you know what? it's but as you mentioned before, I don't want to take away from what Aaron Dell did. Uh, He looked wonderful on Tuesday. I thought he he, he looked really, really good.
1: Yeah. He's such a fun guy to root for because he has the NHL caliber and he's just, he's very, um, I don't know, like he's not very impressed with himself. He's always just very low key. just kind of goes about his business. And the last time that he had played for the Sharks, it felt like they didn't put a very good performance in front of him, but the way they played in that game was great. And he made some incredible saves. And I think that's, that's a frustrating part. It's like if your goalie plays like that, you, you know, you've got to back them up with more offense and suddenly offense is is a problem for the Sharks whereas for a lot
0: of the season it hasn't been. Yeah, it's really I mean and it's it's not it's not it's not like they aren't trying. You know, you watch them especially that game against Pittsburgh, you saw them driving, you know, to the net and they just weren't depositing and mm-hmm. it's, you know, and um there were a couple stretches of that game where I thought that they outplayed Pittsburgh, but they and they just weren't given Dell, you know that you know the goals to back up how well and he and he made some incredible stops. The stop that he had on Crosby to start mm-hmm. off the game was just fantastic. And so when your goalie does that, you want to have the goals to back that up. You want to help him get that win. And it 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 just hasn't been happening. They haven't been able to score.
1: No, and so hopefully that will be something that, that changes tonight as they've had um, you know one goal in their last two games each and you know, what do you make of all the trade rumor mongering that's going on right now? Like, I feel like they've done a pretty good job of separating themselves from the talk and it hasn't slowed down Timo Meyer and it hasn't slowed down Eric Carlson. And I'm sure that, you know, the other guys that are aware their names are being bandied about, I'm sure it's something they think about, but it, it is interesting. Like you have to imagine that every day they show up, not knowing if somebody's going to say, Hey, veteran ABC come over here we need to talk to you like that's got to be in the back of their mind somewhere right
0: I mean it it it, mean it has to be and every player will come out and be like I'm not listening to that I'm focused on the game right now but you know that they're hearing it you know that they're coming to work like is this my last day at this job am I going somewhere else you have to imagine that Um, you have to give Mike Greer and management a lot of credit um, you know that they're working tirelessly right now. And so, um, but it, that, yeah, that doesn't seem to be slowing. I, I mean, it's certainly not slowing Eric Carlson or Timo Meyer down, which, it, and 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 you do have to give them credit for that.
1: Yeah, most definitely. And the thing that impresses me is that we keep on hearing about this, but then it doesn't appear to be, like the trades with the the Merkleys and the Nieto um, and the Magna, like those are the lower tier moves. And like, we hear all this, chatter about the other guys about the Carlson or the Meyer and it just doesn't like it, I think it's more like wishful thinking on a lot of the part of what we're hearing because there was something like I can't remember who said it but they said like oh you know if they can get 50% retaining from the Sharks on Carlson I said well what? that doesn't make any sense if like, they're not <laughs> gonna retain seven million dollars a year or something close to that? Cause I think the maximum is like 40 some odd percent but it's like that doesn't make any sense like the, like, of course, yeah, if you could get Eric Carlson for $7 million a year, like,
0: yeah, of course you're going to try and make that move. But, like, that's what's – I don't know. just kind of makes me laugh, I guess. No, trade scenarios in general always make me laugh. This time of year is always really funny because – and, I, and that, that is part of – that's part of our job as, you know, as journalists, whether you're in print, what whether you're in radio. Trade speculation is kind of part of the job, but it always kind of makes me giggle and i will have fans tweeting me oh well but if he goes here we can get this back it's like no team is going to do that yeah what what are the things with carlson in addition to the amount of money i mean despite that that he's that he's having this fantastic season he's also on the older side and so mm-hmm. you know and he's going to want and regardless of his age he's still going to want a big contract somewhere and he's going to want you know and he's going to have say in this so it's he's not an easy piece to move Um, you know, and I know that management's different now, but this happened last year with with um, with Hurdle, Mm -hmm. and I think I was one of the few people that was like, "No, I can see him staying. I can see him staying. It's fine." And there were all these different trade scenarios, and I had a couple of friends who were like, "Oh no, but I can see him going here for this person." I was like, "That's not going to happen." And so, uh, until it gets to, to the deadline, it's all just speculation at this point. But I, I mean, I do believe that Greer is looking to trade some some of the you know some you know some of the core, some of the vets um but i know some of the trade scenarios i see are just so silly
1: i know it, it makes me <laughs> laugh um in terms of the timo meyer stuff um where are you on the whole prospect of keeping him versus moving him because I, I get it like i i acknowledge this is a still a project and versus where timo will be between you know now and when this team is contending again but you know he's not going to turn 27 till the start of next season like i feel and and even David Quinn has said as much like they don't have to trade him. Like, I feel that is it's something that's not being talked about enough. It's like they actually don't have to move him at all.
0: No, I and I, you no, know, I'm in that same boat where I don't think they have to trade him. I don't think and if you're trying to build a new team and hurdles, one of your pieces that you're keeping also keep Timo. He's this, you know, he's, you know, he still has a lot of years on him. He's, you know, been, you know, knock wood. He's stayed relatively healthy and he's just just, just phenomenal. He's got that old school power forward, you know, whole swag to him, like build a team around that. Mm -hmm. That sounds fantastic. Um, Since, you know, the rumors have been going, you know, and I I, I get that the fact that he doesn't have, you know, that, that there hasn't been contract talk yet that's why that's where all that speculation came but again and and I know it's a different management team now but it, it the same thing happened with hurdle last year where he didn't have right. you know where he didn't have the contract until like the the 11th hour and people were like oh he's oh he's out the door it could be the same thing with timo but with what he brings to that offense and even when even when even before he scored that goal on tuesday um he was he looked fantastic and you want that on your team so I I just think there's a lot of unless they're going to get something insane in return for him just I see more upside in keeping him
1: yeah no I I mean that's that's the thing is like you've got to get a good good return which is a big part of all of this and again it's all you know right now is not what the Sharks are focused on they're focused on the future um in terms of Mike Greer in his talks about not, you know, bringing the young guys up. Do you think after the trade deadline, we will see a board lower in Eklund? Or do you think he still just lets them sit with the Barracuda and thinks, you know, there's not a lot to be learned by bringing them up and having them deal with some of the painful losses that the Sharks are going through?
0: That's a great question, because if this was, you know, Doug Wilson's Sharks team, I would have been like, oh, yeah, they're totally coming up. I'm not sure with Greer. um, I, I do like the fact, I know that some fans don't like that you know Bortolo and Eklund haven't come up yet. I like that they haven't come up yet. I think that's really, really good when you're looking at the future of the team. You don't want to bring them up too soon. You want to get them seasoned. I know that both of those players want to come up, but I like that they haven't yet, and I think that's important. Depending on what they do at the trade deadline, will make It'll, um, you know, and, and it also depends on how healthy everybody is as well. It depends on how healthy this team is. And given that they're what, like 20 points out of the first wild card spot, you know, you know, do, you know, do you want to bring a young player up at, you know, at, you know, at that point, what, you yeah. know, what, you know, what, what does that say? Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, yeah, so I, this is actually, yeah. So we're kind of in uncharted waters right now because normally I'd be like, oh yeah, they're totally coming up. But now I don't know. I would like to see them come up. I would like to see, um, I I just I want to see just with what the two especially those two players with, with what they've done down down with the Barracuda, I would like to see what they're what what they're doing, but I'm not totally sold that Mike Grew wants to bring them up.
1: The the one thing that I wonder about is that, you know, how do you make sure then that you maximize a lost year? Because that's the argument. It's like, well, you're not gonna make the playoffs this year, you're not gonna win a Stanley Cup. Why not allow them to get this time in the nhl to try and learn and assess where they are you know that's that's the other part i look at is like do you is that a bad argument in sports like do you need to maximize a down year
0: yes no it it, it really depends on the team i it, it also depends on the sport that you're talking about um you know we could go back and talk about baseball and bring. you know the you know when when you bring young guys up late in the season you know when you know when it's august and it's you know there's not and there's nothing that's going on and you know that a team's not going to go anywhere that's always a good time to bring guys up mm-hmm. um but with the sharks I mean we, we've seen young guys come up you know come up too soon even in kind of an I mean we they I mean they haven't had a super down year like this I think in like the 10 years I've covered the, the team but we, but we have seen guys come up too quickly and you know and there and there's also the risk of injury and you don't want to do that um it, it's just it's weird when it comes to maximizing you know sort of you know a quote unquote lost year because you know you want to get something out of it but it's also like but do you risk you know messing up the player's development if you bring them up too soon
1: yeah it almost seems like more of a of a good idea but not necessarily something that's the most practical at all times and then just as a Last one for you here. Uh, Any thoughts on this game going up against Buffalo tonight? I mean, the Sharks, they have shown us that they can compete with anyone, just as they were hanging with Florida. They beat Tampa. They beat Washington. They're right there with Pittsburgh. They're right there with Vegas. You know, Buffalo is another team that's um, in that playoff picture in the East, and I'm not expecting the Sharks to uh, have a bad night per se, but any thoughts from you?
0: It's really interesting because this is the first time, at least since I've covered the team, where Buffalo's in a better position (laughs) standing-wise than the Sharks are, which is so crazy because we're so used to Buffalo coming into town and then the Sharks playing down to the Sabres, and it's like, what are they doing? I remember, this is like my third or fourth season covering the team, and the Sharks, they, they got the one at home against buffalo but it was a really ugly game and i remember sitting with kevin kurz and him being like this is a jv game i hate this game it was just it was so bad the sharks whatever it is about when buffalo comes to town the sharks tend to play down to them so tonight's going to be very interesting because they're a you know and this is they're a better product right now so yeah. you know so you know what does you know what does San Jose do with that? And, you know, and do, and do they understand, Hey, this is a team that's actually doing better than us this time around. How do we tackle that?
1: Shalana, always a pleasure. I will see you at the tank tonight. And uh, also for people who don't know, where can they follow you on the socials? I am on the tweetery at Shalana Goldman. Awesome. There it is again, Shalana Goldman, everyone who covers the sharks NHL.com. Thank you, Shalana. Thank you, Ted. And we are just about out of time, but be sure to join us at 7 o'clock right here on the Sharks Audio Network for live pregame coverage as we get you ready for tonight's game against the Sabres. And then, of course, I will be back with you tomorrow morning at 7 a.m. for Morning Tide as we look back at the game that was, and hopefully we will be waking up winners on a Sunday morning to talk about everything that we saw the night before. So, again, join us at 7, live pregame coverage right here with Dan Ruzanowski. Otherwise, for the San Jose Sharks, I'm Ted Ramey signing off. This podcast can be found for download under Sharks Hockey Digest on iTunes, Google, and Spotify. And on demand anytime on the Sharks Plus SAP Center app presented by Western Digital. All music by Yogi Yend.